0: morning, Lift Church. Uh, this is very unusual for us. This is the first time that we're having to do this, but uh, my family's come down with a bit of a, a, a small common cold, or at least that's what we think. Uh, On normal, normal years, we would probably still turn up to uh, the gathering and, and go from there, but because of the season that we are in as a nation, and really the world, uh, we thought that it would be better to Um, share the message this way. So this is the first for us. Hopefully this doesn't have to happen too often at all. Uh, But yes, um, I get to bring you this morning's message a little bit early for me, but uh, for you guys on the screens. And I still hope that uh, God's Word is, you know, powerful and active. It is a thing that really can impact our lives, not um, who is speaking, how they are communicating, uh, but really, it's coming down to god's word, and um, so I do pray that this word is still one that will bless you greatly and uh, that will challenge you perhaps um, but ultimately lead you into a greater place of uh, knowing God uh, for yourselves and so we are in our second week of the gifts of the Spirit, and last week, I spoke about five different myths uh, and misunderstandings that we often have about the spirit, and I hope that um I've at the very least been able to draw your attention to what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit and the gifting. We talked about how uh, the Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is God. He's not just some kind of impersonal force that we wield or or that, that takes over us. But He is a person. We get to know Him. We build relationship with Him. The Spirit's work has not finished. That was the second thing that we talked about. The Spirit is still at work today. Uh, And we, uh, therefore, work with the Spirit in a partnership because of that relationship. We work in a partnership, and the gifts were given to help us build the body of Christ. It is for the common good. It is not showy. It is not meant for uh, the the spectacular necessarily, but it really is to serve, is to build people up. And finally, the fifth point that we talked about was that Paul instructed the Corinthian church Uh, to eagerly desire to burn with zeal for the greater gifts. And so today we talk about this whole idea of receiving and activating the spiritual gifts. And I want to prepare you. uh, We have our eldership team ready. We have our prayer team ready. uh, At the end of uh, the message, there will be an opportunity for you to be prayed for, uh, to receive uh, and to activate the spiritual gifts in your life, um, as I explain how the Bible teaches us about this. But first and foremost, I want to state that remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. We have to keep coming back to this concept the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not some kind of force. The Holy Spirit is a person. We get to know and build a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And in order to receive the Holy Spirit's giftings, we then need to be properly introduced to Him as a person and um, and this is what the Bible says about this. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, in uh, Matthew chapter three verse eleven, says this: "I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, and Jesus echoes this statement. Just before his ascension to heaven, in Acts chapter one, verses four to five, he says this Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so we have this idea that there is this water baptism which is so important but at the same time water baptism is only one of two baptisms that the bible describes water baptism is uh, is symbolic uh, it, it represents repentance. It represents being dead to sin and alive in Christ. That's what the Bible teaches us. Um, and, and what repentance basically is, is, is a changing of mind. Is this 180 degrees turn. If I was facing this way, I am now facing that other way. That is a repentance. And my mind has changed. And specifically when it comes to salvation, it's saying, I no longer want to live my life of sin, but I want to live according to Christ's way so that I experience the fullness of life, experience the fullness of his salvation that has been made available for me. Very powerful, uh, very, very exciting. But then from there, we read about a baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. And so this is uh, just to give you a bit of a rundown on on this. uh, What what does baptism in the Holy Spirit mean? What does it look like? So what is baptism? Well, baptism literally means to fully immerse, to immerse. But it doesn't just mean to, to dip really, but it means to be immersed so much so that you're Quality, the quality of who or what is being baptized uh, fundamentally changes. So, basically, for example, we can say that when a cucumber gets immersed, it gets baptized in the vinegar and left long enough, the vinegar penetrates uh, the cucumber and changes it so much so that it becomes a pickle. Is a pickle a cucumber? Is a cucumber a pickle? Well, not really, because it, it, it now looks different, it tastes different, it smells different, it feels different, because it has been baptised. And so when the Bible teaches us about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this idea is that we are so filled, so immersed in the Holy Spirit, That something fundamentally changes in us. See, the Bible does describe how the Holy Spirit is the one that allows us to get to a place of repentance. Uh, In in particular, John 16 verse 8, we read about how without the Holy Spirit, there would not be this conviction that would lead us to repentance. And so, some some theologians put it this way, the Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus, and then Jesus introduces us to the Holy Spirit. So the first time is repentance. The second time is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Is this sense that we are so uh, closed to the Holy Spirit now. We are awakened to His presence. Uh, and, and He is deeply at work in us and, and accomplishing the work that He uh, uh, is, is meant to be accomplishing. And so what we need to understand is that in receiving the gifts of the Spirit Now, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that you must receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit to operate in the gifts. We see this in the Old Testament. that there are many prophets, for example, that are filled with the Spirit and prophesy. But what I want to focus on here is that we we don't just want the gift, we want the relationship. And the relationship leads to a greater understanding and, and purpose behind the use of the gifts of the Spirit. And so I pray that you will, at the very least, consider, if you've never before, uh, that you will want the Holy Spirit to be in your life, to have this relationship. And and, and let me give you a little bit more detail around this. The the Bible describes uh, many of the works of uh, the Spirit through um, different titles. And so in John 14, we read that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He is one that speaks on our behalf, fights on our behalf. He is our helper. He is there for us in times of need. In Romans 8, it says that he's our intercessor. How beautiful is that? That God himself is interceding, praying, standing in the gap for us. In Isaiah 11, verse 2, he is our counselor. He is there to give us advice. He is there to help guide us through life. He is our comforter, John 14 again, as well as our teacher, he gives us comfort in difficult times, and He is also our teacher. He guides us in all truth. And finally, Acts one eight, He is also our empowerer. What an amazing privilege it is for us to have the Holy Spirit in our lives, doing all of these works that He is setting out to do. Being baptized in the Spirit means that we have an advocate, a helper, intercessor, a counselor, a comforter, a teacher, and an empowerer living in us, uh, with us uh, enabling us to do life the way that God has intended us to. Just remember that as a church our vision is to inspire people to live. What kind of life is that? It's a life that Jesus gives. Is a life that the Holy Spirit enables us to live in. So how do we receive the gifts of the Spirit? We talked about the baptism, we talked about receiving the Holy Spirit. And um, so the Bible teaches us about something called the impartation. In Romans 1 verse 11, 11, Paul talks about this and he says, uh, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. He then particularly writes to his protege uh, twice, uh, his protege Timothy Um, And the church that he was leading, uh, firstly, in 1 Timothy 4 verse 14, he says, Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And then again, in 2 Timothy 1 verses 6 to 7, he says, For this reason I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And so we can see that the impartation happens through the laying on of hands. Laying on of hands is simply this. I lay my hands on you. Um, and why does God use this medium? Uh, why not just have people just receiving the gifts left, right and center? Why is there this need for someone to pray for you, to lay hands on you? Well, I believe it's because of accountability and stewardship. We're going to talk more about growing gifts next week. But imagine this, right? If you were given the gift... Um, just by yourself, with no other confirmation, you could do whatever you want with it. But because you are in community, because someone has prayed over you, There is more of a conversation, there's more of a chance that you are going to be held uh, accountable for the gift that was given to you. I know for myself as a pastor, when I pray for people and I believe that God is giving them a certain gift, I talk to them about the gift. I ask them, what is God doing in you? How are you growing that gift? What are you doing to activate that gift? All of those questions come because I was the one that prayed for the person and then went, hey, Oh, so what's happening? What's the go? Where are we going with this now? Uh, And and that's the beauty of the laying on our hands. I believe it's to put us in community. Remember the gifting is meant for the building up of the body of Christ. What is the point of having a gift if you are not even in touch with the body of Christ? And so it's important that we understand that the laying on our hands is really important in the receiving of the giftings. But let's also talk about this whole prophecy thing. Remember, Paul told Timothy um, that a uh, fan and flame gives that were given to you through prophecy when um, the elders laid their hands on you. So the elders obviously laid their hands, prayed for him, and also prophesied. Uh, prophecy it's about declaring God's Word. In a very general sense, we've all got Bibles. We can declare God's Word. But in a more specific way as well, Bible teaches us more deeply about prophecy. We'll talk about prophecy in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, but, the, but there is this sense of the elders waited to hear from God what they what He wanted to distribute and give to Timothy and then prophesied it. Why is prophecy a part of this? Well, let me tell you a little bit about uh, and a, a season in my life. I think it was about two years into running lift and and uh, I remember going to Beck and I went to Beck and I said, you know what, I'm going to stop trying uh, the whole prophecy thing. I think it's, not, it's just not for me. I don't have that gift. I, I, I don't think anyone's ever prophesied this over me. I was a bit discouraged, I guess. I did not think that I was getting anywhere with this prophetic gift and so I thought, I'm just going to stop. Uh, but then a couple of weeks later, I was collating some of the prophetic words that was given to Lyft and given to Beck and myself, and as I was reading this, I, I, I was reading literally the first one in, in this list, and, and it was by a renowned, a worldwide renowned preacher uh, who has a prophetic gift, and, um, uh, and a lot of this prophecy has actually come to pass. is really exciting. One of those was that I would be leading um uh, you know, networks of churches, and I on a state exec in ACC WA, which means that I am part of a team that is leading a massive network of churches across our state. I never thought that that was going to happen especially this early in my life, Uh, but there you go, something that came to pass. But literally, one of the first things he said to me as he spoke over me, I recorded this, I scribed this out, which I will encourage you to do when someone gives you a prophetic word. Take the time to scribe it out on a document so that you always can look back at it like I did. And he looked at me and he said, you have the gifts of teaching, prophecy and vision. Now, I always accepted that I've got a teaching gift. I've, I feel like I'm really good at it. But prophecy, vision, when I looked at that, it was so encouraging to me that, uh, that it spurred me on. It was like, look, this has been spoken over my life. I've got to do something about it because God has given that to me. And so when we talk about uh, prophecy laying on of hands, it is a reminder to us about what God is wanting to do. And so, what are these gifts that you can receive Romans twelve four to nine says this for each of us uh, uh, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do so diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This also talks about the activating of the gift. If you get the gift, you activate it by living it out. And so those are the gifts that we can receive. And um, there's also 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 to 11. I did read this last week and and it talks about how um, gifts of healing, gifts of uh, miraculous power, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, etc. And so you can look through both 1 Corinthians 12 as well as Romans 12 uh, to find a couple of lists. I don't think that's exhaustive, uh, but at least you get a sense of the different gifts that the Spirit can give to you. So to finish off this morning, I just want to challenge you. The gift is given by the Spirit. Have you got a relationship with Him? Have you enabled yourself to get to a place to receive and activate your giftings? If not, we would love to see you step out in new ways, in this new season, uh, with the giftings of the Spirit. Uh, let me just pray for you, and now I'm going to hand it over to Sandy. God, I thank you that you have given us many good gifts. I thank you that you want us to be active in building your body and that we get to play a part in this as well. And so, God, I pray that this morning there'll be open hearts. I pray that there'll be a stirring inside of us to want to see the giftings uh, activated in our lives. I pray for every person that is listening to this message that, God, that you will be stirring in them to eagerly desire the gifts, I thank you, Jesus. I pray it is in your name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening to my message. Here comes Sandy to close our gathering this morning. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at LiveChurch Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.